And welcome to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, along with Kevin Watt, and a cast of many here in the FitSpeak studios. It is Thursday, it is November the 15th, and we've got Valley Synergy 2018, which could be, according to Michael Ross, the first of a few of these items. So what we've done is we've... uh, gotten together a bunch of the people involved in the cycling, the running, the trail running, the mountain biking, uh, and multi-sport communities here around the uh, lower mainland Fraser Valley. And our plan for tonight is just to basically uh, share some ideas, see what these clubs have to offer the folks here in the Fraser Valley, and perhaps maybe do some long-term planning that involves all of the clubs working together. So I'd like to kick off things by just having folks uh, introduce themselves and what their role is in the community and in the club so we'll start over to the man in black we're not talking johnny cash no. johnny has left the building but we have jeff here jeff Orm from phoenix fellow cycling club i'm the president and we're a cycling club that supports uh sports recreation transportation mostly focused really on racing but we're we have a youth program. Uh, we do do some uh, major events during the year, and uh, we've been around for over 30 years. Old man in the group, old man on the scene, That's right. young man at heart. Yes. Sitting next to Jeff, we have. I'm Rocky Bonnet. I'm with the uh, Fraser Valley Mountain Bike Association. Um, we're the, I don't know, medium age kid on the block. Sure. <laughs> I'm the young one at the table, but uh, and we primarily are focused on trail advocacy, um, building sustainable and inclusive trail networks in our communities, uh, our, and that's primarily the focus of our organization since 2004. And over here we have Sarah. I'm Sarah Elias. I am uh, not only work with the Fraser Valley Mountain Bikers Association, but um, I also started the Freaks on Peaks Trail Running Group, um, which is local here in Mission. And we currently have about 170 followers within the Lower Mainland, and we really heavily rely on our interaction with the Fraser Valley Mountain Bikers in order to keep our trails sustainable and usable. And over here from Mission as well. Hi, I'm Mike Ross from the Abbotsford Triathlon Club. I think we're the babies. We uh, came into existence in 2015, and uh, we have about 71 members right now. So it looks like we've kind of already answered some of these questions, but uh, just to be a bit more specific, uh, the second question I was going to ask is, what are the main goals of your club? And it sounds like Sarah, Rocky, and Jeff kind of did that. Mikey, when we're talking about uh, the Abbotsford Triathlon Club, what are your club's goals? Well, our motto is swim farther, bike harder, run faster, which I had to look up because sometimes I get them mixed up. I always add a fourth one, eat more. That's <laughs> good for us. And we That's believe, a chocolate bar, isn't it? Uh, anything. We believe in participation, recreation, and competition. We try to make sure that we address whatever the uh, individual's need is in the club. So right now, Jeff, uh, tell us about your current membership in Phoenix, Bello. Where are your folks from? Uh, most right. of the folks are local. Uh, we do have some people that come away as far as Richmond uh, to come out to the time trials that we hold on Thursday night. But our club is basically 75 adult members and t- roughly 25 youth. We uh, have uh, room for a lot more youth if they'd like to come out and learn how to race or even how to ride their bike properly, how to use their bike. Uh, and uh, we're looking and trying to promote more of that through the schools and etc etc and rocky book about your club your membership uh we've uh this year's been a big year for our club we're actually um at about 870 members um at the start of last year the end of last year we were uh, around 150 so we've made a, a massive increase in membership how'd that happen uh getting out there community sharing our message getting buy-in from the community hosting a couple events and and uh showing why kind of reminding ourselves why we exist and why we need to be a part of the uh part of the fabric for the mountain bike community so it's been a big year for that. Um, it's changed a lot of the things we're focused on. Uh, our membership comes from all around. It's actually, it's interesting because it's disproportionately high in Mission and Chilliwack per capita. So when you like compare Mission's membership levels to say Abbotsford, well, it's a three to one ratio on a per capita basis. So we've got really big buy-in in Mission. We've got similar buy-in in Chilliwack and then other communities less so. Hmm. So we've got some room for growth in that aspect in Abbotsford. There are thousands of mountain bikers in Abbotsford. We have statistics from the Trail Forks, one of the, an online system that tracks trail usage. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands of people that ride mountain bikes. 
So we're trying to capture that element to get buy into the trails and the things we're working on. Huge membership. And Sarah, what about your groups? Uh, my groups, there we call ourselves a loosely organized group of nutcases. Uh, essentially, it's a bunch of people who love to run around in the forest, in the snow, in the uh, winter, middle of the night. It doesn't matter anywhere from distances from their first five kilometers upwards to their first hundred miler. So we really accommodate um, multiple personalities and user groups and people with different goals. And uh, we don't necessarily work on any sort of membership system. We work on you post who shows up and that's who you're stuck with. And you learn to mm -hmm. get along and you learn to take care of each other and create a safe environment for each other out on the trails. This kind of sounds like a, a great segue because that's what Michael Ross was doing in his classrooms for 30 some years. Uh, Mikey with ATC, how many members right now? We're really happy with how things have grown in a short period of time. We, we were struggling to get the 10 required members to get certification through uh, Triathlon BC for insurance purposes because our sport requires insurance. It's a lot of things we do that uh, are out there in the public, open water swimming, things like that, biking on public roads. So we got our 10 members to start in 2015 and we have grown by 25, 50. I think we were at 71 as of my last check. We do have turnover every year, uh, but uh, it looks like it's definitely always growing. What kind of party are you going to hold when you hit 100? <laughs> wow, I'm going to be starting to plan that pretty soon, I guess. In your place, right here. Absolutely. We have room for, I think it's about three or four more. So when it comes to Phoenix Bello, I mean, Phoenix Bello has been part of our community for so many years, uh, associated, of course, through Wenting Cycle here in Mission. And they've got a number of events, but uh, this, this question is kind of like a no-brainer. But what is the event that defines Phoenix Bello? I would say probably the Wednesday night Criterium series. Uh, we are lucky enough or fortunate enough that Bruce managed to, we used to be called the Central Fraser Valley Cycling Club for 25 years. Bruce Hole held the national event out here in Abbotsford and burnt out most of the, the volunteers. We didn't have enough members to keep the club going. So Waited a couple of years, we reformed, so that's why the Phoenix Velo like rising out of the ashes. Mm -hmm. And he happened to talk to one of the members down at the racetrack and it said, is there any chance of us using the racetrack? And we've been down there for 20 years now. So Yeah, what yeah. a what an institution that yeah, has been. It's just amazing place to, it's safe, wide. I mean, it's a four lane freeway down there. Yeah. I mean, down the drag strip is just amazing. So, Perfect yeah. place to yeah. ride your bike safely yeah. and quickly and, and yeah. learn how to race. Yeah. What about you, Rocky? What's what's the defining event or feature for the mountain bikers? Um, because we're regionally focused, actually, I have three that come to mind. Um, so historically, we didn't have a lot of event-driven um, activities within our club. Um, we were focused on advocacy for the trails. Um, and so, but through that, we, we host the biggest one by far is our Vitter Mountain Classic. So it's a big uh, enduro race out in Chilliwack. Um, Sarah's heavily involved in the planning and, and execution of that. So for the folks who are not too familiar, what is an enduro race? Good question. For mountain bikers, we just take that as <laughs> common knowledge. So you, it's a non-timed climb. You make your way up the mountain and then you time the descents typically. Mm -hmm. So it's a kind of a downhill format, but you have to have a fitness component to be able to get yourself to the top. Whereas a downhill race, typically you're driven or chairlifted to the top. And so it's an interesting format. It's relatively new in the scheme of things, but something that's been quite popular. It's very popular in Europe. But also regionally, we have uh, we had our social rides, which were big events this year for us and drove a lot of our membership growth. And then one we hosted here in Mission this year that was really successful was a kids race. Mm -hmm. So the Bear Cub Kids Classic, it was our first annual, but we got over 50 kids out in the pouring rain to come out and ride mountain bikes. And uh, we were both proud of the success of the event and the potential it showed for the future of our sport. Sarah, it sounds like your group is not as highly focused, but... I know you have a lot of fun out there. Are there some defining events for the Freaks on Peaks? Yeah, well, our events are every day mm. <laughs> and sometimes every night and sometimes <laughs> at the strangest time. Uh, we have been talking actually amongst the group about uh, revitalizing the uh, Twin Peaks duathlon. So I've been talking to the district about that. So that is a run, uh, trail run one mountain bear mountain and a mountain bike ride and you get together and you either find a group or a team to do it or you do a solo and um, unfortunately due to permitting issues and also due to coordinator burnout as we talked about that happens frequently with volunteers um, we've had to put it on hold for the last couple of years but that is something we hope to bring back in the next couple of years. 
And I, I enjoyed racing it. It was a good race. Yeah, I heard it was easy, so mm. I'd love to make it easier. <laughs> it definitely, uh, definitely gave a challenge, mm-hmm. and um, it built filled the rift between mountain bikers and trail runners, and that was the goal that I had between the Freaks and Peaks and the Fraser Island Mountain Bikers. So we sat down about five or six years ago and got rid of that animosity of get off my trail, mm. and um, now. Uh, the large portion of people who are building trails or part of um, maintaining the trails and our members are trail runners. And the question that we're asking Mikey Ross from the Abbotsford Triathlon Club. Now, this is this is going to be a tough one. And so far, we've got a bunch of interesting events, including the duathlons, the Wednesday night races, uh, the Vetter Mountain. Classic. In, classic. Enduro. Yeah. I, I learned a word. Mikey, you've got so many things happening which single event would really capture the spirit of ATC? You know, it's really hard to answer that because we are so focused on the training and then the participation and the competition that it's different every year and it depends on what's out there. But the enthusiasm is there and definitely we've got a lot of members that want to do a lot of things. For example, just last week I posted the 2019 events calendar and I went online and looked up as many things triathlon, running, swimming, biking as I could find. Well, I've got a flood of people that are sending me other events I didn't know about and people are finding out that they're friends in this one so they're going to change their plans. We have a lot of our members that are now involved in the Dynamic Race Events series which is about four or five triathlons that you can uh, participate in for quite a reasonable cost because in triathlon cost is an issue. We also have a lot of people that in off season of triathlon they do a lot of running races so we're sort of focused on fulfilling the needs of the current members and our membership changes every year so I can't really say there's one thing that you'd you'd say is ATC's thing other than what we sponsor and that's once a year we have a, a, um, a dip and sip no, yes, we ought to dip first. Dip and sip at Cultus Lake. And we invite all different club members from all the, around the valley to that. And that's become kind of our traditional startup. And we get in the lake as soon as we can. Kevin's already in a lake for a month. But most of us mere mortal swimmers <laughs> wait till it's a bit warmer. And that would be the dip and sip at Cultus. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mikey Ross. So one of the things, um, how many, raise your hand if you're originally from Saskatchewan. Jeff, no, Rocky, no, Sarah, no, Kevin. Okay, so here's my rant. Um, I come from small town Saskatchewan where we have basically three months of spring, summer, and fall all crammed into that. And then for the rest of the year, unless you ride your snowmobile or you curl or you're good at hockey, you don't have a whole heck of a lot to do. So I moved on purpose to the Fraser Valley where we can do cool stuff year round. Um, And it's just a matter of putting on the right clothing and the right mindset and getting out there and doing it. So in addition to the main events that we've just spoken about, I know that all the clubs feature a bunch of things on a regular basis year round. So Jeff, what's, what's happening for Phoenix Fellow now that we're kind of in the dark season? Well, we usually still have a Sunday ride. Um, the trouble being is that we need proper, what would I say? Ride ambassadors. Yeah, we need ride ambassadors, but also we need to, people to sign off if they're not a member of the club. Uh, an insurance-based form, taking that Sunday ride and taking it off our official club listing. But they're still on our website on Facebook. If you want to get together, people usually post and ride from, say, Mission or Abbotsford out to Cultus Lake and back, or to Pitt Meadows, or to the Great Spot, Fort Langley, stuff like that. Usually, if the weather's half good, I'm probably going to go this Sunday and do another ride. I went out to Pitt Meadows with a, with a friend the other day, so things like that. It's, it's the slow season, so you just put four or five hours in at a reasonable pace, and Try to build up your endurance. Have some coffee, have, have some, some pastries. Have some coffee, uh, stop along the way. Train and, like and the Europeans. Kind of, kind of like <laughs> the Europeans, yes. Yeah, yeah. And on Saturdays, Bruce Wenting is has still... Has his, his, his speed and power session for an hour and a half. Now, old. he's been doing this since the pterodactyls left town, right? Yes, yes, yes yeah, yeah. No, that's great. He's a level three coach, uh, does a great, great work can critique you on just about anything, cornering, speed, where you should be in a sprint. Uh, Very, very knowledgeable person. 
one of one of the uh, big rides on yep. a Saturday morning, and it's been yep. going on forever. In addition, um, now of course the the Mission Speedway is is not hosting the Wednesday crits for the dark season. No. Bruce has opened up his shop and yes. is continuing yep. his tradition, which has been running for a long time. The Wednesday night spin, spin sessions. Yep. So those start at uh, I believe it's six o'clock. Six o'clock. But yep. as as I found out the hard way, get there at about five forty-five. Otherwise, yes. parking is going to be a bear. Five thirty. Five thirty is even better. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. What about Rocky and the Fraser Valley Mountain Bikers? Well, first of all, I have good news for you. If you're still in Saskatchewan, they have this new thing called fat biking. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get out on your fat tires and enjoy the snow. I did it while I was in Calgary recently, and uh -huh. it's as fun as it sounds. Hope for those on the prairie still. <laughs> <laughs> now, that being said, what do we do in the off-season when it's the dark days for us? We mm. build, actually. So we ride less and build more. Um, we host a lot of trail days, so we have regularly scheduled in all our regions volunteer trail days. We're currently building a kids' skills park here in Mission. There's um, regularly scheduled days going on out in Vetter at Chilliwack and out in Sumas Mountain in Abbotsford. And that's a way that we, it's fundamental to our sport. We have to build to ride. No dig, no ride is a slogan. It's been forever in our sport, and it's the truth. And so our, our association is geared towards empowering and enabling that. That's uh, probably our biggest strength. We buy all the tools, we support with food, and we get people out uh, slinging dirt. It's also a really good workout. When I go for a hike a build, I got 60, 80, 100 pounds on the back of chainsaw, three Ooh, shovels, wow. a, a rake, and the works, and I'm going for a 5 or 6K hike to go clear some logs. So I'm out there working hard for four hours. I take a sandwich, and I'm. it's a different. It's a good cross-training, I'd mm -hmm. say. It's good upper body, some dynamic core. Right, chopping up logs, but it's uh, it's part of it's part of our support, and it's actually the biggest biggest reason our organization exists is to support trail building. Interesting, yeah, that's a, definitely a, a unique perspective and part of the mountain biking culture, right? It's a hundred percent part of the culture. It's mm -hmm. it's the shoulders the sport was built on is is you know building your building your way. I actually asked why I, I tried to figure out why um, there's a culture of building within mountain biking because it's not prevalent in a lot of other sports that use trails. And uh, hiking is an example. And somebody actually put it quite succinctly to me that hiking is all about the destination. You're looking for the view and you can jump over a log. The log is just part of it. It's not really a concern. For mountain biking, the trail is the journey. That's that's what you're there for. And so a log actually interrupts your journey. You're not worried about the lookout. You're worried about the trail. And so we're out working on the trail, making sure the corners work, making sure the logs are out of the way, making sure the rocks are the right kind of rocks because we still like rocks and we like roots. But... <laughs> There's an element of the journey as opposed mm. to the destination, and that's fundamental to our sport and why we do a lot of what we do. Okay, interesting and, uh, you know, an admirable quality. Sarah, tell us, um, you've been involved in your group for quite some time now, and you have technically less structured stuff going on, but tell us what a, what a typical Freaks on Peaks experience is like. What happens? How, do you, you know, how does it get promoted? What goes down? We don't really do a lot of promotion necessarily that we output. A lot of the promotion is input into the Freaks on Peaks. So uh, we found that off-season, too, we're so closely aligned now with the FMBA that a lot of what is happening with the FMBA is also what's happening in the trail running world. We all kind of hang up the trail running shoes, wait for the good good ice. Believe it or not, trail runners also like ice. We throw <laughs> on our uh, uh, micro spikes and up the mountain we go. So we kind of go into a bit of a hibernation this time of year. Mm. So you see a lot of our trail runners coming out as we input all the trail work stays into our site or our, onto our page, they show up to do the trail work because we're there for the same journey. Yeah. We do like the peak. But let's face it, in November, December, there's not, there's nothing to see on the peak. <laughs> it's usually rain clouds. So we're seeing that a large um, proportion of our group is also coming out to do the trail work stays. And uh, it's been a, a big contribution, I think. And then the ultra training season, so ultra marathon season, kind of starts for us the, the day after New Year's. So New Year's Day is pretty much sober up and get back out there is that because why that's the when we start training. 50 was invented <laughs> i think so uh -huh. to get people up and start training again mm -hmm. um but that's essentially where we spend our winter months is helping out these guys uh-huh yeah and mikey you've got a fairly well, robust schedule in the dark season we don't really have an off season in triathlon uh for training competition yes but the off season is our opportunity to to train, and so we have a lot of activities that are weekly, a regularly scheduled uh, swims twice a week, once in Mission, once in Abbotsford. We've got a long run on Sunday mornings in various locations at various distances and various paces. We also have uh, spin classes that start up, and Kevin's starting one this Saturday in his own basement right here. 
We have uh, open water swims that Kevin also does uh, once the lake, usually Wanak, is warm enough. Uh, a whole variety of December offerings. December 31st. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for him, not me. Uh, it changes every year depending on the access to the coaches and volunteers and what they're able to do because we're volunteer driven. Uh, our coaches aren't paid for the club uh, activities. They're given back to the club just because we love our sport. Jeff, um, tell us about some of the, the big challenges that your club is facing right now. Whether mm, it's, The uh, biggest challenge I would think is getting the word out. We used to have a lot of people coming from the Vancouver type area, but the traffic is, 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 is killing that. The highways are just plugged now. For somebody to get off work and try and make it out to mission from Coquitlam, even Burnaby, it's getting pretty hard. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to drive in from Maple Ridge at around 5 o'clock. It's pretty, <laughs> very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to promote it more in the valley and see if we can grow it that way. Maybe try and promote more from the Chilliwack. Uh, we're trying to partner with United Velo, which is on both sides. They're a cycling club that... 100 members strong they are on both sides of the river now and so they're going to try and promote us and we're going to try and promote them for the next year uh that is looking good and then we have people coming for our thursday night time trials from richmond but they're same thing if they come out the freeway they're in trouble because it blocks up so it looks like for our point of view that it's going to be more the Fraser Valley and the Fraser Valley is growing it's mm -hmm. just more more people out if we can get them more youth too we have like 40 40 bikes in in a container we have that we will loan out to people that bring their their kids out or if kids want to come out and learn to race uh, we're more than happy to uh, Bruce is involved in speed skating and he brings a lot of speed skaters out and they have the discipline and the drive to work. So um, if you want to come out there and match them, we'd love mm -hmm. to see you come out and give it a try. Yeah, the bikes are out there for the yeah. youth. They've got a bunch of them. And yeah. these are, I will say it, they're not your standard Canadian tire. No, no, these, no. These we are have high some top, level we bikes. We have some very yeah. top end bikes that uh, donated by some of our fellow members. Uh, Brandon Jones, mm -hmm. uh, Galen Keller, top end bikes that mm -hmm. uh, if you're the right size and it fits you, you you can fly on them. So Phoenix Velos Challenge, getting the word out that the yep. bikes are there, the track is there, yep. get the youth. And of course, we're always like like most clubs, I think, uh, well, many clubs, I shouldn't say most, of you know, getting out the females, right? I mean, well, that's they're, one they're of the things. Youth, females, our... yeah, females. But I mean, the whole wor world of cycling is changing because the UCI, which is our governing body mm -hmm. around the world, has now recognized that uh, women are equal. Uh, yeah, it's taken them how many years uh, from a male-dominated sport to yeah. realize they're equal. And the pay raise is coming up. They're getting paid the same, right? So the future's wide open. We've put two professionals through our club. Both named Allison? Both named Allison, <laughs> yes. You're correct there. And they're doing great guns, and uh -huh. we're, we're looking for more. So we're looking for the talent. Yeah, yes. yeah. Rocky, what about yourself? Challenges facing the mountain biking community? Uh, it's actually, it's quite different. And I will say we also have a fleet of bikes for kids uh, that can people can come out and use uh, here at Heritage Park and Mission um, for people to get access. But that's not one of our biggest challenges. We've got lots of capacity there. Our biggest challenges to, are to do with land access and legal issues. Um, so when, for trails and access, we deal with uh, a plethora of land managers. So we deal with BC Parks, the Crown to do with Crown Land. We deal with private landowners in Abbotsford. We deal with all the municipalities and all the regional governments to try to gain access for trails to even exist. And so that evolving landscapes proved really challenging over the last two, three years. Uh, we've learned some hard lessons about uh, illegal building, illegal trail building throughout the history of our sport and had to come to get these into compliance, doing all the environmental compliance regulations, First Nations consultation and engagement, all the stakeholders and get by and from all those governmental bodies. So that continues to be the biggest challenge for us to do any trail work is to uh, and to grow our trail capacity. Uh, and then the other one associated with that is maintenance. So keeping the trails alive and well. Uh, mountain biking from 2006 to 2016 on the in the Sea to Sky corridor, they did a study, 
and it grew 616% in ridership. So that's how big the sport is growing. And the trails take that abuse, and there's no extra funding uh, on top of the $0 we already get <laughs> that goes into the trails. So we have to find a way to increase our capacity for maintenance because the trails are suffering uh, the fate of that increase in popularity of our sport. It's a good thing. we got more trail runners out there using the trails. we got more bikers. That's good. But our facility takes a pounding, and we are trying to change how those municipal stakeholders perceive our trails as more like a hockey rink or a baseball diamond. Mm. These are community assets they can invest in and the community can benefit from. So that's that's our biggest challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sarah, what about yourself? Oh, our challenge is more social. Is um, that with trail runners, we, we found that a lot of people in, in athletics in general don't nurture or they don't mentor new people coming into the sport. And so for us, this is why I started the group that I started originally, was we're finding so many runners out there were just aimlessly running on their own. They didn't feel confident to join a group or they were only in a woman's group because they couldn't run with a man. And so what we've done is, is try to break down those barriers so that people feel comfortable running with somebody who runs a little faster, who runs a different distance, who might be male, might be female, younger or older, um, because we have one rule as trail runners, you never leave somebody behind. And once they understand in our group, if you leave somebody behind, you're out of the group. Mm. Um, that you never leave somebody on the trail alone. You always check in. And once they know those safety uh, and security blankets are there for them, they feel nurtured and then we start growing our group. But it's been challenging because a lot of our group have been road runners coming in from a very competitive environment. Because trail running, um, in essence, is a very new sport when you look at it comparatively to uh, road running. So um, different rules have to apply. So we found since we've we started the Freaks on Peak, that's happening, but it's still going to be our challenge. It's <clears throat> that social barrier. You have to groom each member. For safety. Yeah, and we've, safety. Had, we've had a few people in the past who have not been a good fit. We actually did start as the Sticks and Chicks, <laughs> and we stayed that way for four years. And we had a group that would not align. They, uh, they left runners that were new on trails they didn't know without headlamps. And there's a, hor- a list, a plethora of horrible scenarios that mm-hmm. happened with this group. And that's when I started the, the next group, the Freaks on Peaks, four years later, with a much more solid group of uh, leadership. So mm-hmm. actually, thanks to Ed, um, Ed Foster, who's one of our lead trail builders now. One of our best builders. He's an amazing trail He builds great builder. mountain bike trails. Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't so, ride bikes at all. No, really? he's, he's a yeah. trail runner at heart. Hmm. And he's the person who got me into ultra marathoning hmm. years ago. And um, we, it's it's definitely a challenge, but I think it's working. Mm-hmm. So far, we seem, and that's where when you look at the other trail riding groups between Abbotsford and Maple Ridge as well, they have the same rules now. So this is sort of a, a this is a, a global thing, a valley global. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. grooming your members so that they can groom the yeah. next members as a junior program for cycling and mountain biking. Yeah, we're nurturing the next generation. And now one of the gals I've run with for years, she started with us when she was 16. And she did everything wrong from ground up. (laughs) And she continued to do everything wrong, including getting lost, not carrying the right gear, etc. And now she's taking other people out. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that because it is a newer sport, I, I... My first pair of trail runners 15 years ago weren't even trail runners. They were hiking shoes. That's how new this sport is. So, um, and we're also, we're stuck on a trail. We're not on a road where somebody can turn off and stop at a a gas station Mm -hmm. if they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. We're often at a cell range. Um, We have animals and all Mm -hmm. sorts of things, elements of nature to deal with. So these rules have to apply. And if people don't comply, unfortunately, they can't be part of the group. But so far, things have been going really well since the development of the Freaks on Peaks. And we Mm -hmm. hope that we just can keep this group going for the rest of eternity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Mikey, with the Abbotsford Triathlon Club, challenges did you see? I see two main challenges. One of them is our geography. We've uh, attracted members from as far away as Boston, uh, Vancouver, downtown Vancouver, Chilliwack, Yarrow, uh, Maple Ridge, Langley, basically everywhere in the Fraser Valley and the suburbs of Vancouver. So trying to find venues and trying to find locations to do the training is always a challenge. We try and move around as much as we can, but depending on who's available uh, at that time, uh, that's a challenge is making sure we try to get our 
our members from far away in towards our events. We do have Try 101 sessions, a lot of uh, training sessions, and we give good warning about them. We plan them way ahead so that people can hopefully uh, set aside some time to attend. The other thing is training smarter, not harder, training safely, training within your current ability. A lot of people want to get good at stuff fast, and they don't realize that it takes time, it takes bite-size improvement, uh, it takes sometimes listening to a coach saying no you shouldn't do that race no you shouldn't do that workout here's a way to do it safely so those are two challenges uh, but they're they're definitely worth it they're they're both rewarding challenges to to be able to say gee our members come from too far away that's pretty cool for a club so uh, one of our last questions is now that we're in the month of november we've got a, a new year coming up uh, full of promise and hope and what's uh what's new and exciting at phoenix velo for the upcoming year jeff What's new and exciting? Well, we have uh, a new series coming out in May for uh, the race on uh, Wednesday night. And pretty well everything else is still on, on course. The Thursday night time trials are on weekly. Uh, ten, start off with uh, 8 kilometers, 16 kilometers, 30 kilometers, and 40 kilometer time trials out in Hogan Park uh, in Abbotsford. So as you were mentioning, a bit of collaboration with, with United, United uh, Velo, which is going to be a first there. Uh, so that's going to work both ways. You were telling me off microphone. So yes. the United Velo folks are going to come down on Wednesday nights, ride Which the will be a training race for them. Mm -hmm. And then they race their, I believe they're going to try and have six Masters races. Mm -hmm. So that's usually 30 or 35 and up. You can qualify for... They're going to do an ability-based rather than an age-based series, mm -hmm. uh, which went off fairly good last year. So they're looking forward to that. They have 50 to 60 racers come out around the Glen Valley area. Uh, they got permission to do it all uh, properly, and uh, we're looking forward. They can come and race at our races if you're a member of United Velo for free, and then our members can race their races for free. So we're hoping to see that work out. And that's one of the things that uh, I think triathletes look at enviously at trail runners, mountain bikers, uh, even the, the roadie cycling community. It's, geez, compared to, uh, you know, doing a triathlon, these, I mean, the equipment may cost a lot of money, but the race entry is, is so uh, yes. inexpensive. Because, compared of the, to, because of the insurance liabilities mm. are, are probably the highest of, of all the sports. Mm. And, and because it's just... Insurance is going to keep climbing and climbing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's going to be any kind of a, we had to bring in uh, because we had a scare where one rider came onto one of our group rides that didn't sign a release form, and then we were caught in the middle. Uh, we had to go through some technical difficulties with mm -hmm. Cycling BC and the insurance company. All our members were covered, but it was such a we ended up having insurance coverage for our directors so we wouldn't be sued. So oh, that was just an added burden. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like you in this day and age, I guess we're becoming more like the United States. You have to cross your T's and dot your I's mm -hmm. because that's the future, unfortunately, mm -hmm. which is killing grassroots sports in every event, and which is unfortunate, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're up on top of a mountain and being led Mm. there and you fall down and twist your leg and you can't get out and they end mm. up suing the leader of it yeah what are you going to do yeah, yeah, you know to, i mean those are the, the things unfortunately that are, are, are coming our way mm -hmm. where when i was a kid we just went out into the woods and played in the backyard <laughs> and threw the football and hit the baseball and ran <laughs> as far again. as you could and, <laughs> and came back and swam in in the ocean mm. and then but that's not the way of the world now so no. we have to be prepared for it and and think smart and upcoming year for rocky and the fraser valley mountain bikers uh it's a it's an exciting year we've got two things i'd like to really focus on for our, our 2019 um season the Ten thousand members Ten thousand <laughs> members <laughs> no <laughs> but two thousand would be awesome no um uh the event on the event side so we we started a social ride series last year where we had um, regular scheduled rides, where we invited people out, had leads and sweeps, and did things like that. They were really successful here in Mission, and uh, in Abbotsford and Chilliwack also had series that went off fairly well, good uptake. We want to enhance those and coordinate them such that there's always one going on every week in our all the regions. So we're going to time them so there's one a week. And we want to make them really accessible. So as you've never mountain biked before, we'll bring a bike. We have bikes available. We'll make that work. Uh, we want to make them inclusive and, and mountain biking can be, it's funny, like any sport, you forget how hard it was to learn. 
<laughs> so you'd say, I oh, know this, this trail's easy. It's the easiest one we got. And it's still a 10% grade and mm-hmm. a, a grunt to get up. So we want to really um, take that take that element out of it and try to get more people out uh, enjoying the sport and being social with it. It can be a solitary sport. So we want people to, to get together and have fun. And then on the other side of things, we want to do more trail days because I mentioned our maintenance capacity and how we can't keep up with the trails. So we're, we're looking on adding um, staff within our organization to be able to then um, manage more trail days throughout the region to create more capacity through our volunteers because we actually underutilize the amount of volunteer capacity we have right now. Mm. We have more people that want to give than we can possibly put to work and we just need to find a way to do that while doing it legally, while doing it with insurance because that is a huge part of our membership. It's the biggest cost is insurance. Mm. And so all those things have to come together to ensure we can achieve those goals both on the social ride aspect, leading people in and out of the forest safely and going and building trails using chainsaws safely <laughs> and not cutting off any legs. So those are those are the elements of risk mitigation we're eyeing up, but we're also super excited to achieve these things. So the social rides and the trail days, a lot more of both. Okay, sounds like an exciting year ahead for you guys. Um, talk to us, Sarah, about upcoming events for the Freaks and Peaks. Well, I, I guess because I've already kind of covered where our prospects are going. It's just a lot of people are starting to start picking up their long-distance training and picking up new runners. Oh, and besides the Twin Peaks, hopefully we'll be able to plan not for this year, but the upcoming year mm-hmm. um, after that. So instead, I thought this is a good opportunity because I wear both hats between Freaks and Peaks and FMBA to mention that our memberships... Um, our annual and our membership uh, it was starts on January 1st to December 31st of every year so this is a good time for us to mention that if you're going to get a membership mm-hmm. that put this it on your calendar because there's nothing Sarah, well else to do <laughs> on Jan- the morning of, of New Year's to, but to sit on your computer and feel sorry for yourself you may as well be donating um, your some of your funds to becoming an FMBA member and um, we greatly appreciate it. Let's get to that 10000 You're supposed to register the night before because January 1st, you have a run to do, don't you? Isn't that right? Isn't I that? Okay, right? Hey. <laughs> but I also am admin. I can put mine in for whenever I want. So, okay. But you all need to do that. <laughs> of course, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll be registering. And Mikey, what about new and exciting things happening for the Abbotsford Triathlon okay, Club? Well, we just wrapped up our false... Uh, swim clinic last night was really successful so we're going to be offering another one in the spring to keep us swimming even though we can't swim in the lakes we've still got the pools Uh, a whole bunch of us are going in team events we like to do a lot of running to keep our running crisp over the winter we happened to win the family event in the Santa shuffle last year in Abbotsford so we've got a pile of people going in that we have people going in half marathons in February right now they're having to choose between Langley which seems to be where Kevin's going and the Pacific first half where I'm going so a lot of things to keep us to keep our skills crisp and keep keep us enthused until we can actually get back into triathlon and generally that'll be march which kevin and i are going to be duking it out at the duathlon which duathlon ubc duathlon be there or be square Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, another thing uh we're kind of pondering right now uh one of the people who's associated with the abbotsford triathlon club uh vince demano and myself and mike we were talking we may be bringing our our very first club race to uh to the Abbotsford yes. Triathlon Club. Phoenix Bell has been doing this forever. Uh, we want to see if we can do this. Um, we had an experiment last year, which was, you know, a learning experience for the race director, as in myself. We ran our first duathlon, which was a very low-key club event down at Hayward Lake. Um, what an amazing place and what amazing weather for duathlon. It was the only rainy day on a Saturday, which we had all spring and summer long. It was just our typical... <laughs> cold, windy, miserable weather, but that's when you're supposed to do duathlon. Otherwise, it's just a cold triathlon and those never turn that's out well. That's what's called a character builder that, there. Absolutely. Right? So uh, we had a few people out for that and this year uh, we might run that again. So another club duathlon and we might venture out to, I think we're talking Albert Dick Park and we'll give that a shot. And uh, other ideas are percolating, which uh, we will keep you posted on uh, FitSpeak. So our final question, and this is going to be uh, one of the fun ones. So uh, one of the selfish reasons uh, we're doing this. It's all about me, but no. Uh, what I wanted to find out uh, is we have <laughs> we, we have truth. such a wide range of skills and attitudes and abilities around this table. We've had Jeff from Phoenix Velo, and they, you know, traditional roadie cyclists are renowned fierce competitors, and uh, they they certainly know how to race as hard as anybody. And then you've got the uh, 
Uh, how would you uh, define mountain bikers, altruistic, hardworking? I, I think they would be the beavers of the sporting community. <laughs> They're building, building, building. And it's like, you know, we, I think we all aspire to have that kind of uh, culture in our sports. And then we've got the... With the streak of adrenaline junkie, though. You have to <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think we have all that in common. But we're going to put Jeff on the spot. So, Jeff, you're looking at triathletes, mountain bikers, trail runners. But obviously, there's something special about the cyclists who've been doing Doing it and doing it well. What sort of thing do you bring to the table? What can we learn from from cyclists? Consistency. Or, what does that mean? What does it mean? Just get out there and do it. Mm -hmm. At whatever speed, at whatever age. I just posted a video of a man at 88 years old, just super excited. His son bought him an e-road bike. He was 86 years old, still climbing up Mount Vontu at 86. 86. So Tell us about raced. Mount Ventoux. What is Mount that? Mount Ventoux is one of the toughest climbs in professional cycling in France that you will ever see. I believe it is either 12 or 16 kilometers long with an average grade of 10%. And they go up there at the professionals at about 30 kilometers an mm -hmm. hour, which a lot of people can't even hold on <laughs> the level ground. Mm -hmm. These guys that have trained at club level, this this fellow used to race, so he's got a background of racing. He was in the Tour of Britain, so he, he was a pretty talented person, but he continued to ride with a club for another 40, 50 years, mm -hmm. and I think that's the goal for everybody it's just consistency mm -hmm. and i think that what sets road people apart is you can do that just about year round here mm -hmm. if you're willing but there is another uh new marker that's come into the field especially for winter training for cycling called swift mm -hmm. uh, if you Ooh. get the opportunity to mm -hmm. try it i recommend it for everybody it is amazing because the competition is there uh when you train in your basement like i know you do kevin by yourself, it is totally different when you're involved with other people racing. Uh, it just motivates you like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. 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 And what can we learn from the altruist? Uh, I built you up enough, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, no, yeah, thank you. Um, and I do want to say that I've, so I've done a, a half iron. I can say I'm a triathlete. I've, I've done a fondo in the Ride to Conquer Cancer, so I am a road cyclist. But my identity is a mountain biker. And okay. when I thought about this is a good question, because I thought about, well, what elements of mountain biking translate into those other activities? And I can say with certainty, it's definitely not swimming. I drown like a stone. <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, for mountain biking, it's bike handling. So the skills that you learn mountain biking give you great bike handling skills. And that's one thing that I took for granted and didn't appreciate till I got on a road bike and I could take corners at high speed because that doesn't scare me. And my pedal position was already there. And there's a lot of inherent characteristics. It's such a dynamic sport. So road cycling is typically just pedals that cadence well, that keep well, it going. Especially triathlon where we're locked into a certain pace. And you're in your bars, you're, you're locking in. it down yeah. and yeah. it's go go yeah. for distance at mm -hmm. speed. Well, mountain biking is super dynamic. And so uh, my bike handling skills are far superior to other people that just do road cycling be, just by nature. And so it's a really good cross training element. And I want to get out there that demystify. It's not that scary. Um, it's not an adrenaline junkie sport. It's not what you see happening at Whistler. The trails here, while steep, are manageable. And that steepness actually breeds a lot of power. So you gain a lot of peak power because you have to give... It's good wind sprinting. It's good like elements. We have the tractor pull on BTLC and it's about... What 80, does that mean, tractor pull? It's a section of trail that okay. well, the guy who built the trail calls it the tractor pull because you've got to dump it in a low gear and mm. pull hard. Okay. And it gives you good good power for a short, short burst. And so when I did the Fondo, I didn't find the hills as hard as some other people that did road cycling, like friends of mine that were recreation, recreational road cyclists, because hills are part of our nature. It's yeah. We go up hard and then we come down fast. So mm -hmm. that's good elements of mountain biking that can really translate into road cycling. Again, not into swimming. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing there. <laughs> Sarah, what about yourself? What can we learn or adapt uh, from the trail running community? Well, if you do start mountain biking, you certainly don't have to do hill repeats anymore or trail running. <laughs> That's one nice thing. It's not the nightmare of every single person who road rides or uh, trail or uh, road runs is that, oh, I have, it's my hill repeat day. Well, we don't do hill repeats. We have no, no uh, need for those. Um, I think, it, well, mountain sports are just so different. I think it was exactly like Rocky said. It's so much power, so much to concentrate on. Uh, sometimes you're in precarious situations where you fall, it's pretty serious. So it's somewhere in between finding yourself and killing yourself. 
if that makes sense. And um, it's because being out in nature is a really big part of it, is that you're kind of finding something. If you turn your, your brain off too far, that's when it becomes the killing yourself situation. So it's somewhere between no adrenaline and pure adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And it takes a certain personality. But um, I think that I, I personally find road running and road riding far more challenging mm. um, because of the constant cadence. I, th I give you guys so much credit for doing that because we're not used to that. We're used to full throttle power, a little bit of rest, a lot more dynamic. Mm -hmm. So it's not that the mountain bikers don't appreciate or can't learn from um, what's happening on the road. It's just, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. And I think oh, that I if you're... I use the terminology cadence with mountain bikers and they say, what's a cadence? What's, a cadence? Like, what's, what's a cadence? What's a cadence? Can we find it on Strava? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but on, in the same essence, we're all out there for the same the same feeling mm -hmm. right that success yeah. those little successes yes. that you get every time you go out mm -hmm. so i would just say that um, we could learn from your cadence mm -hmm. and you could learn from our power yeah so anytime mm -hmm. you want to cross on over and find some mud and maybe some blood too at the same time unfortunately they kind of go hand in hand sometimes blood mm -hmm. and blood yeah you get you definitely get used to duct taping yourself back together <laughs> oh my there, done that. Uh -huh. so. i'll add with the trail riding my wife got me into that this year and what it taught yeah. me was to because in mountain biking it's about line selection and picking your mm -hmm. safest and fastest way down a challenging <laughs> section of trail because you're trail running at a different speed than mountain biking it changed how i perceived the trail and i found new lines mm. yeah, so it, it changed the way i ride because you're taking things at a different speed and in a different style you're worried about rolling an ankle not rolling a tire right and uh so that that's what trail running taught me as a mountain biker yeah and i always trail run a new mountain before i ride it because i, I learn the lines more visually I, I can memorize lines trail running and then mm. when i go ride it it's just like i've been born to be there oh wow so it's very yeah it's kind of, it's very cool the way how dynamic these sports are but how they fit together so well but yeah, so yet again, though, I have a lot of admiration for what you guys do out there. In a previous oh, life, so he told me, uh, not only was uh, Fitzby co-host Kevin Watt a, a, a pretty good soccer player, he was also <laughs> a BMXer. Oh. So yeah. what, uh, as a BMXer, what can, mm -hmm. uh, what could we learn from BMX racers? Because a lot of the successful cyclists Our in the pro BMX tour race, yeah. come originally from BMX and yep. you were one of those crazy kids growing up. And, yeah. um, well, I know about your bike handling skills, which are pretty incredible, but, uh, <laughs> what, what can you tell us about the connection between BMX and the crazy sports that we've got around the table this afternoon or this evening? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm an eighties kid. So I think there wasn't necessarily organized riding and racing in the Fraser Valley, Lower Mainland, Vancouver. So all you did was you just got on your BMX and you rode and you set up drop jumps and, and you went crazy. That's all I can say. You lay a bunch of kids down did on the pay, road. Did and, you pay your insurance? <laughs> no, 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 no. And if you're caught with uh, one of those insurance stickers on your bike, you're out of the gang. <laughs> It was it was a way of life. I don't know what else to say. I mean, two, I'm 45 now. I'm yeah. 45 now. So um, two, two things that BMX give you cadence because they can spin yeah. like you would not believe. You have to be able to spin. But beyond yeah. beyond what a road cyclist does, sure. beyond what a, a, a mountain biker does, mm -hmm. their speed is incredible, mm -hmm. and their bike handling skills are incredible. And I think that's where Kevin shines. I've seen them come down uh, off Mount Baker. <laughs> uh, you don't want to yeah. even follow him, even with a bulge in the size of his, the size oh, of his yeah, tire, right. the size of an egg. Yeah, he still came down that mountain. Well, it it you know it's for sure. I mean, when I grew up, BMX was big. We had cap cycles on Coast Meridian and Poco. You know, this was before mountain bikes. This yes. you know, Norco was just introducing. They're, I don't know what you want to call it. They're trail, yeah, they're trailblazers. Yeah. Sasquatch, that's yes. it. So it was, it was BMX. But we would get on the bikes, we would ride them, and where we went, our bikes went. But it also developed your skill, but it also developed your mindset and and your sense of balance. Your how you just kind of operate. Um, I guess your skills. I guess you know negotiating up and down and and. Uh, vertigo and anything like that right and then 
just you take that with you for the rest of your life i th- i think well what i could say to bmx is so i did it recently my kids got into it and i figured i'd try it. i broke my back so i stopped doing it literally you broke, literally your back. broke two vertebrae while bmxing so it's not for the uh faint of heart but all that to say what's important and i want to tip the hat to our founding father gary harder so he's a gentleman who founded the fbmba in 2004 he was also a founding member of the uh, Abbots for BMX Club, and he he stands. He's big shoulders to stand on. He's an amazing man. Uh, but Abbots for BMX today is a strong organization, yep. and what it's doing better than any of our organizations, I think, is engaging with youth. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have two hundred kids on a race night, mm-hmm. so they are they are the kind of vehicle for kids to get into cycling, and that's a mm-hmm. launch pad for a lifetime of yeah. cycling. Because yep. if you're passionate about BMX at eight years old, mm-hmm. you're already passionate about cycling, not just to get to your friend's house to play video games. It's part of your blood, and you can carry it on on into mm-hmm. multi sport later on mm-hmm. in life and road racing yep. and mm-hmm. things like that. Get into some cross. So I think it's. It, connecting with them and, and getting all of us to work closer together is a real fundamental element to getting more kids into all of our sports. Mm-hmm. Well, the same reason that 80 year old guy Jeff was mentioning was, you know, in heaven riding his, his bike up Mont Ventoux. And it's because all of those memories that they, they all come flooding back from when he was riding, when he was a little kid, because yep. it's the easiest thing to do in life, right? You just get on your bike and you go and you skate, yep. right? It's a very simple, simple thing to do. And, um, you know, not everybody's inclined to, to run uh, long distance for trail, but, you know, if you can just hop on your bike and, and ride, um, you can take that with you for a pretty long time, right? And Mikey Ross, what can we learn from these triathletes or training for triathlon? I'd like to start by saying I've learned so much from everyone else in this room. I, all I've felt tonight is the commonality between all of us rather than the diversity. Um, having said that, uh, Abbotsford Triathlon Club prides itself in being a very diverse club in every absolute way you can imagine. Uh, we actually have it in our code of ethics that uh, whatever you are, whoever you are, wherever you are, we accept you from where you're at and we'll help you to go to where you want to go to. So um, I know you were mentioning adrenaline junkie. We like to think of ourselves as, as endorphin junkies. We feed endorphins and through aerobic uh, workouts and building your aerobic strength, we get endorphins a lot. And that tends to be a sort of a type A personality in triathlon. But many triathletes started out as lone wolves. I know Kevin and I didn't even know each other for several years. I would just see this dude going up Cedar when you could go up Cedar safely. Yeah. And I never knew him. And then we met at UBC. So what we're finding in triathlon uh, sport itself is people finding each other and realizing, hey, I'm part of an actual community. And now tonight I've sat here and realized it's not a triathlon community. It's a community of people that have a passion for something and like to spread joy. I know it sounds corny, but oh, we're, true, we, we're joyous Sing about it. what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the one thing that triathletes can teach all of you folks to do is how to eat <laughs> and train. I could definitely stand to learn that. Yeah, 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 I need to learn there, how to There eat. is only one master of eating, and his name is Mike Ross. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's end on kind of a light note here. Um, I know Jeff has been victim of this question, but I know Rocky and Sarah and Kevin hasn't been, so we'll include him on this. And Mike has. I have a bad memory, so I don't want to say Yes, so this is the first time for everyone. So, uh, Jeff Orham, if you could be an animal other than a human being, what would you be and tell us why? I think I'd be a tiger. And why is that? Why a tiger? Because a tiger is powerful, cunning, uh, brave, stealth. And just looks cool. And handsome. And handsome. Just looks cool. And they're orange. Okay, Rocky, an animal other than a human and why? So a bear. And do I have to specify a species of bear or (laughs) I'll I'll go with black bear? You want to take grizzly? I'll take grizzly. Okay. Uh, And so I'll be a black bear. And I have most interactions with black bears in nature. They're a bit of a mysterious creature that we don't get to see a lot. But uh, they're, they're powerful kind of cuddly uh it's there's a, there's a element about bears that i just I are you enjoy. kind of cuddly i don't know you have to ask my wife so black bear it is and sarah I can change mine canine because there's one other creature in the forest that i love so much and it's a cougar and thankfully i don't run into them as often as a bear um i might actually be approaching a cougar already I was gonna say. <laughs> that's okay I'm heading towards we all know not to mess with cougars yeah. um don't mess with this cougar running around the forest because i got what it takes yeah i think that that they can climb and it's just something about being in nature um all the time that is just fascinating and i'd want to be in nature all the time if i was an animal and kevin watt hmm probably a bird uh something quick fast 
Bird seems to suit me turkey, the best. Turkey, American Thanksgiving coming up. They'd be fast if they're alive. Probably. Or perhaps road a runner. cuckoo bird. A roadrunner. Road no. yeah, Maybe right. a roadrunner. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe a roadrunner. And this off, Mikey. I was born hyper. I'm probably going to die hyper. So I'm wearing a shirt that recommends the sport, the, the uh, animal that I'd be. I love bananas. I'd be a monkey. Monkey suits me. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, K-Dub. And thank you, Mikey. That was a a very interesting and uh, hopefully uh, entertaining uh, evening for our listeners. Thank you, FitSpeak listeners. This is Kevin Hines for FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. Thanks for listening.